I'm Erin. I'm Victoria. I'm Rebecca. And this is Out of Tune. Back for another episode. Yay. Glad to be here already. <laughs> it feels completely different than we were when we were doing this last week, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> oh, that's true. It just feels I feel like my life has changed a little bit. But Yeah. But yeah. So We can talk about that in the second part. Oh yes. <laughs> no, yeah, we no spoilers. We're not giving spoilers here. No spoilers. I mean that was a spoiler, but it's okay. No, it wasn't. It was a teaser. <laughs> a teaser. You're right. It was just a tease of what's to come yeah um cool i guess we'll just jump right in like we always do mm -hmm. but we're talking about some two or some beautiful women today we're talking about two female musicians and composers and i'm very excited so we have and i am sorry if i butcher these oh my lessons. god i know i looked up how to pronounce one because i was just curious okay so the first one is Amanda Mayer. I've seen her listed as Amanda Mayer on Spotify. And then other places she's listed as Amanda Rundgen Mayer. There's a umlaut over the O. So I would I would I would assume that it would be a long ooh rund. I have no idea. Anyway, Amanda Mayer. Like Amanda yeah. Mayer. And I couldn't find someone saying her name anywhere. Um, which is sad because she has a lot of music and that's very curious to me. Um, and then the second person is Alice Tainer, Tainer, who I did look up. I'm doing like an American pronunciation. I looked up someone who was saying Alice Tainer. It's like a rolled flipped oh R at the end, but I'm just going to say Alice Tainer. Tainer. <laughs> a, a, a harsh swallowed R. R <laughs> that Americans do because I feel like we would just sound very weird if we kept going tenere the entire time. I literally I can't do it. Um, <laughs> well, so that's what we're talking about. Amanda Mayer and Alice Tainer. So who should we start with? Alice, maybe? Yeah. I, well, we could go chronologically. Oh, that makes more sense. <laughs> Let's do that. Let's do that. Alice was first, yeah. Oh, perfect. Only okay, by perfect. a little, though. They lived during the same time. They did. I wonder if they knew <gasps> each other. Wait, no, I'm wrong. Amanda was born first. Oh, really? Wow, I'm. I don't know. I don't. I don't, I don't have their dates written on top of or like anywhere. So, oh, I see. I yes. literally have it, and I just can't Wait, count. But who lived longer? Oh, totally. Alice. Yeah, Alice. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so let's start <laughs> with Amanda love okay she was born in Landskrona. also probably totally butchered that one sweden, sweden. they're both yeah. swedish today which i thought was have fun. some like swedish meatballs or something oh jesus <laughs> i wonder <laughs> are they actually swedish though that's the question is, yeah, i think the they meatballs. are actually i mean they sell them at ikea so <laughs> they have to <laughs> so be definitely. swedish <laughs> isn't ikea german no they're swedish that's swedish <laughs> we're very informed in this podcast <laughs> um yeah so at age 
Oh, her father taught her violin and piano. Yes. So she learned early, but it doesn't say like what age. So was she a child yeah. prodigy? We'll never know. Um, I think she was. Let's just be real. Probably at age sixteen, she began studying at the Royal College of Music in Stockholm, Sweden. I mean, we can just assume that she was very talented. Prodigy. Yeah. Um. She was great. I mean, I love that. Also, what are with all of these? Like, remember, like every person that we talk about, it's like some royal academy or royal I know. college. It just sounds so cool. Anyway, continue. <laughs> <laughs> she studied violin, organ, piano, cello, composition, and harmony. Mm-hmm. I wonder, I'm always curious what that means. Like, did she, like, like how deeply did she study everything? When they say harmony, does that mean she just took, like, music theory? Like, that's what I I'm curious about. I think that's what about. that means. Or maybe it's, like, counterpoint stuff, too. I don't know. Or were, was school even the same as we know it today? But anyway. not. I would presume it's something a little bit deeper because she mm-hmm. was a great composer. And she yeah. So. It's just interesting. I wish we knew. Well, we, there probably are some documents about how they studied back then. Like, was it structured? I don't even know. Did they get graded? Mm-hmm. Like, it's curious to me. I'm sure they got graded in some form. Some way, yeah. And, but she was actually the first female graduate in music direction from the Royal College of Music in Stockholm. Amazing. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. That was actually like the first thing on our Wikipedia page. Hmm. Uh, she has so much for for violin, and I've <laughs> never heard of her before until we mentioned having her for mm-hmm. talking about her on the podcast. So. I know. I also didn't know about her before. Yeah. Maybe I wonder if it's because she is a not American or not Brazilian composer. I feel that we know more about American and Brazilian composers than like Swedish or That's true. not German composers. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's all dominated European, mainly German. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Alrighty. Um, yeah, she performed after school. She performed violin in concert in Sweden and abroad. And she traveled to Leipzig and continued to study composition and violin at the conservatory there. And during this time, she wrote a violin sonata, a violin concerto, a piano trio. And she premiered her own violin concerto as the soloist in 1875, which seems cool and very fulfilling as an artist i'm sure i'm sure and also nice segue can we listen to a little bit of her violin concerto of course (laughs) so excited i was actually just going to share the piece that she um performed doing off uh during the tours that aaron mentioned it's a little bit of her piano trio nice
that's gorgeous. I feel like I always compare things to Amy Beach, but that really does sound like Amy Beach. Mm -hmm. It's very uh, romantic, too. Yeah. I'm going to share. Okay, so, Erin, you also mentioned her violin sonata, right? Uh-huh. So, wait, so I have both the violin concerto and a little bit of the violin sonata. Okay. So first, I'm going to do the concerto, and it's in D minor, a wonderful key. And Good one. And here we go. <laughs> like a major concerto like i i i don't get why we don't or why i've never heard it or why i mean we say this every Mm -hmm. podcast i feel but it sounds a little like mental sinny like it would be a good um first concerto yeah or like with a touch of tchaikovsky as well Mm -hmm. yeah okay so then i have the first movement of her violin sonata which is in b minor she likes the minor keys and flowing and really gorgeous yeah i want to play it (laughs) good news you can (laughs) i can't teaser for later (laughs) so after she's doing these compositions what happens next aaron well then in 1880 
She got married to her violin teacher's son. <laughs> spicy. <laughs> Yeah, he was a pianist and a composer named Julius Rutgen. Rutgen, it's that it's her like married name that we were saying. Rutgen. That's I didn't study that how to say. We don't it. know German on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. And uh, sadly, this is the part that well, the marriage kind of ended her public performances, um, but she continued. I know it's like. I know she was probably fine with it, but it's annoying. Yeah. Similar to Amy Beach, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It is kind of similar. Huh. It's sad. Like, it you wonder. Sad. Especially because she was only uh, in the 80s. Okay, so she was, she was like 27 when she got married, and that's when she stopped doing her public performances. Like, when you think about somebody like Brahms, he was freaking like 50 when he wrote his first symphony. Like, if only she had been, and she was only 27. And she just That's stopped. So Her professional career had to end. Like, what if she continued? We'd have so much more work yeah. and music. Right. And she did continue to compose, but, I mean, it definitely seems like most of, like, her, you know, her big thingies were, like, in the beginning of her life. Mm. But, you know, I mean, again, she probably wasn't, like, too... Who knows? I mean, we don't know if she was cool with the situation or not, but that's just how it was back then. Right. Yeah, but she also hosted musical salons, her and her husband, for performances of, like, music by Brahms, Joachim, the big boys, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I get it, no, but actually, also, like... Makes me think, because I just... um When I was looking for music of hers on Spotify... I found a piece that she arranged by Schumann, which is the mm. Aben lead, and it's for violin and piano. So mm. I wonder if this is maybe a piece that they used. Yeah, I mean, she also probably pl just played with her husband a bunch since he was a pianist. True, that's very true. Um, Can so I they probably. It? Oh, hello. Yeah, of course. I mean, okay, yeah, let's play it. The Schumann, just. Okay. Yeah. kiss am i right yeah it's very nice so beautiful so sweet it's very simple but it's like you know i feel like maybe just because i didn't realize that they did salons of like of pieces by other composers so mm -hmm. that's interesting yeah me either yeah um yeah so that's how she lived a lot of her life after the 80s the 1880s <laughs> not like the spandex 80s 
Well, I realized it sounded like, you know, the 80s that Stranger Things takes place in, but it's not that one, the other one. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. <laughs> okay, anyway. In 1887, she contracted tuberculosis, uh, which, yeah, sucks a lot, and it's bad disease. Um, and her last composition was her piano quartet in E minor, which she composed in Norway, which I don't know why I like that. Uh that it was composed in Norway, but I thought that was fun. Mm. Um, and she passed away in 1894 in the Netherlands. She had only lived to 41 years old. Yeah, she didn't live that long. Yeah. Hmm. Well, sad. I know. I feel like also, like, I mean, with her, like, kind of her performances and career, like, kind of taking a downturn i guess when mm -hmm. she got married and then also she died young so maybe even if she lived longer we would have had more music from her too right um but speaking of the piano quartet in e minor i have it <laughs> to play i figured <laughs> you know how i love a piano quartet slash quintet of course here we go <laughs> something that's like so epic i feel like i feel like if if i were to hear it live it would just sound so big you mm -hmm. know i feel like it's such a huge range with each instrument and also just large in i don't know just the sound of it sounds like really large to me too mm -hmm. so i also have i have two other things that i wanted to share that i found okay um, she has a set of Swedish tunes and dances, um, and the this one that I picked is number six, um, and it's really cool. Okay. Um, so I just kind of want to share. <laughs> yeah.
How freaking cool is that? It seems kind of like a caprice. <laughs> not, not so much like, oh, this is a dance or a tune. But I also feel like it's a really great example of like a violinist who is composing for violin. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. it makes a lot of sense, some of the stuff that, that's there. Very I like different. that one. I really liked it too. I was like, oh, that's going on the playlist <laughs> for the podcast. Wait, what's the deets on that one? What number is it? Number six. Number six, Allegro. Okay. Yeah. Swedish Tunes and Dances, number six. Yeah. And then I have one more. It's another violin and piano piece. I apologize. Um, and this one is number one, Allegro Vivace. They're cute. I like them. <laughs> I really like them. They're, They're really all really to good. Too. Yeah. yeah. Like, she obviously was, like, extremely talented. Um, and also, like, because she played her stuff. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So then she obviously was, like, an exceptional violinist as well. Yeah. <sighs> I wish she was... Well, I wish I would have discovered her earlier. I would have loved to, like, have played her music. You know, the dances would have been... It, I mean, I can now. Yeah. I meant, like, in the past, too. Like, had her in my, like, head of, like, oh, I could do this. Mm hmm I feel like the dances would be a cute little, like, yes. project. Or to, you know, put on a recital as, like, the last piece. They're so cute. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um... That's it. That's all I have on, on Amanda. Or down mm. Amanda. Same Z's. Oh. Let's move to another Swedish musician. <laughs> Alright, so this is Alice. Wait, can you, can you say her name again? I'm just kind of... I'm Americanizing. Tainer? Tainer? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's how I'm doing it. Alice Tainer. Okay. Alice Tainer. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right. She was alive from 1864 to 1943, so much longer. Yeah. Um, well, not. She was still only like 79 or something. Um, yeah, 79. She was born in Karlsham, Sweden, uh, and began again taking piano lessons at an early age. Didn't specify when. And she trained to be a teacher, going to seminars in Stockholm and eventually serving as a governess, which mm. just means like a teacher in a private household after graduation. Mm. Uh, I honestly don't have that much about her, but she is most well known for her children's songs, especially yes. one called Mors Lila Ole, which Mors I... Mors Lila Ole. I have like a whole <laughs> thing about this. 
Oh, okay. okay so yeah, I, I, just, have it. I saw that that was like, also when you look her up on Spotify, that one comes up as like, mm-hmm. that's like, has like 200,000 plays on this um, album. So, so the Morsh Lila Ole children's song was published in volume three of I'm not going to pronounce it, but it's something called, um, and translated, it means sing with us, mom. Aw. So, like, it's for, obviously, like, a children's, like, song, book, or album. That's so Mm -hmm. It's so cute. And I have a little bit of a background about what the song is about. So, the song is about a boy, Ole, who meets a bear in the forest and he's not frightened, and he believes that the bear is a dog. <laughs> <laughs> and feeds the bear all of his precious blueberries. Aww. And then when Ole's mom sees him, the uh, like sees him in the bear, she screams loudly, and then the bear flees, and then Ole asks his mom if the dog could come back again. So Ole is like, he's like four to five years old, and like doesn't understand what a bear is so like and also this whole story is inspired by an actual event um that was took place in like 1850 and a norwegian newspaper wrote about the incident in 1851 and then an author wilhelm von braun wrote a poem about it um which there's the like the i guess a nor maybe i don't know if it's swedish or um Norwegian but um it translated to English it means strong in his innocence and then Alice Tainer was inspired by the poem and then wrote the song Morsh Lila Ole cute and I actually have <laughs> I have a version of it if we want okay. to it. it's really cute but the title of like also this album is called Sing With Us Mom mm-hmm. um and it has like uh, like two hundred thousand plays, so it must be popular, mm-hmm. most likely in Sweden. So probably. Muslila Ulle i skogen gick, rosor på kind och solsken i blick, läpparna små utan bär är och blå. Bara jag slapp att så ensam här gå Brummel i brum, vem luftsar där? Buskarna knaka, en hund visst det är Lurvig i pilset, men Olle blir glad Och en kamrat, det var bra, se goddag I mean, obviously a modern version. I'm sure that's not the exact rendition that Alice composed. <laughs> Somehow but... I doubt it. <laughs> but like that's like the tune that she composed. So, yeah. I got the beat. I know. Don't. Boom, boom. It was, it's kind of cute. I liked it. It was cute, but it's... Definitely not. <laughs> like, I couldn't find like any old version. It made so. me... It's like a Wiggles version of it. <laughs> It totally is. I see that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I also have. So she was also like really well known for choral music or yeah. like songs in general, and she has a setting of Star of Bethlehem that is 
different than what I know. And she also has an Ave Maria. Okay. And also a violin sonata. Yeah, I knew that. So I have all of those that I can play for right now. Which one do we want to hear first? The violin sonata. Violin sonata? <laughs> okay, okay. I can do that. Um, yes, here's the first movement. This is violin sonata in A minor. Our gals love the minor keys and I'm here for it. Brahms when you have that. That's a joke. But you know what I mean? Like, why can't that stand in for like our standard repertoire? It's exactly like there's nothing different about it. Yeah. So agree. Evidence exhibit A <laughs> to have more female composers in standard repertoire. Mm -hmm. Um okay, so then I have let's play her um Star of Bethlehem setting. Um which I think that was like one of her things is also like composing hymns or yeah. setting hymns differently or doing a new version. So here is that. <laughs> I mean yeah it's so soothing it is really nice i also just love choral music yeah it's so wonderful i wonder if her choral stuff is sung a little bit more like in church oh i'm sure although when i did search her um pretty much every album that like you know like when you click click on an artist and you can be like this artist mm -hmm. appears in these albums they're all christmas albums for like ave maria star of bethlehem and some of her other hymns so Got it. yeah and then the last one i have is ave maria 
again, just wonderful. A definite, like, addition to the Ave Maria settings that we already have. This will be going on my Christmas playlist. I don't know about y'all. I'm about to support some Alice Tainer. I wonder if she's uh, played more often on, like, her country, you know? Yeah. I think so. Because all of her, like, her hymns, like, the Star of Bethlehem, it's in Swedish. Like, the title, mm-hmm. I just translated it so that I wouldn't have to pronounce it in oh Swedish. Um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, I would assume so. And also, like, the names of, like, um, like the people who are performing are also Swedish, I would assume. Yeah, there's gotta be some level of, like, nationalism to it, too. I was like Quebec was saying. I was gonna say, between, like, between Amanda and Alice, I feel they, like, they were composing Swedish, mm-hmm. like, tunes, dances, and, you know, Alice was doing hymns that were in Swedish text, and also children's songs in Swedish text. So yeah. I feel like they, they had such a huge contribution to maybe the musical culture of Sweden. Right. Just Classical. like, yeah, like how, you know, we have Ives and Copeland for America, and they probably don't... I wonder Swedish people probably don't care that much about Ives and Copeland. I, yeah, I <laughs> probably care more about these two ladies, which is probably you know good. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. I really love them. We're just yeah. having like we just we are having a Swedish day on our on the podcast. I'm curious, Hebeka was the one who brought them up in our chat. Where did you yeah, see them? Where did you find them? I found them in the same booth that I found oh. our last composer. It was oh. a violinist sharing pieces for violin. So she shared uh, the two pieces, the concerto and a violin sonata from Amanda and Alice. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah, Thank you, Isa. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. They're definitely, um, they're in my head now. You know, like they're going into my, like, brain of people mm-hmm. who should have more recognition women who should have more recognition so that's all we have i think well wait how does alice's life pan out that do we have anything most of what i yeah i did find a lot of stuff about her when i was trying to you know research her um i know she married she yeah, she married. A, she married a guy named Jacob, or probably, um, I bet you they don't pronounce it. Jacob, shoot, ja- Jacob. <laughs> That's very American of me to say that. But yeah, she I died she... in 1943. So like, yeah, I believe she died, died in peace. Um, yeah, there's no. I didn't find anything about it. <laughs> Although I did find a picture of her grave. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it's really beautiful. There are flowers around it and in the woods. Yeah. Yeah. And then I she did get um I don't know what they are, but she was recognized, I think, for um like contribution or people who have made like important contributions to culture. And like mm-hmm. music, and you can get like you're awarded like very similar to in Britain, where you become like an OBE or yeah. MBE like member. And she was awarded the Swedish Royal Medal of I would assume literature and art, just judging by the Swedish. Um, 
So in 1914, so like kind of early on, like she was alive a lot, like a lot more after that. Mm -hmm. So that's good. So yeah, that's all we have on Amanda and Alice. Should we transition to the second second act, second half? Sure. So Rebecca. Yeah. So what uh, do you guys? feel about your recital how how do you feel about your recital oh now that it's <laughs> for um i feel okay i feel relieved and happy and free and any adjective that is synonymous with those words <laughs> fill in the blank right there i feel great mm -hmm. i feel really good what about you erin yeah, me too. I don't know. I'm a little bit, you know, I don't know. It just wasn't, I wasn't super prepared for this recital. And there were a lot of like little mistakes that I wish I could have cleaned up with mm. like an extra month or just maybe some more like grounded practicing this semester. A lot of it felt super random just because of like the way the semester went. It felt very chunky. Yeah, with different I agree projects with spread out. Yeah. So I wish I had done a little bit better, but there were no like giant, huge, gaping mistakes. So like I'm oh, happy about that. You pushed it beautifully. Thanks. But I just wish. Yeah. But overall, like yeah, like my life is a lot easier now that I don't have the stress of that. Nice. So you already answered my second question. How do you? How did, <laughs> uh, was your feeling during the recital? Oh my gosh, we're getting interviewed, Aaron. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Jeez, I wasn't prepared. Wait, how did I feel during? Yeah. Freaking terrified and nervous. Not terrified. That's not the right word. I think. Yeah, I was. I was anxious and nervous because I. I wanted. I really wanted to do well. Like I. <laughs> I didn't feel like I had something to prove, but I think. I just wanted to play really well um just to like i don't know all the freaking hard work we've been doing and also because it's covid year i felt right. i don't know i was also very nervous about that i had two recitals technically i had one for my pianists um his collaborative recital which was a few days before mine and thank god it was because that was definitely our dress rehearsal of my recital even though it wasn't a dress rehearsal it was we both called it that i think at some point <laughs> um because it didn't go the way that we planned we both panicked and the the emptiness of no one there Mm -hmm. And the live stream environment, I think, definitely got to us. And I was not expecting it to get to me. I was, like, before saying, like, no one should come. And then I realized, like, no, I want people, at least the people who are allowed to come and um, if they can, to come to my recital. And that helped so yeah. much. So thank you both. I mean, Rebecca had no choice and she was in my recital. <laughs> um, but Aaron, thanks. Could so have come anyways. Coming course yeah i would have come i mean yeah. it is kind of weird i feel the same like it i had a recital last year too luckily like right before covid and i feel like that one was 
so much more comfortable somehow and I think that really is something having an audience there because like even like I had an intermission you did too a little one right yeah yeah I had like I only did like five minutes because I wanted to get over with (laughs) I tried to do I don't know but it was kind of weird to like have a quote-unquote intermission and everybody's just silent because you know the, the live stream picks up words like individual words like i've never freaking heard before even you when you guys were like, like you'd think like if they can like stop the camera they could stop the audio during a live uh-huh. stream, but i guess they can't yeah they should get on that though <laughs> but it's just like i i had warned everybody like <laughs> you can hear everything because during victoria's dress for her dress rehearsal concert with gabriel <laughs> i could hear like I just the smallest said, conversations i literally said before gabriel's i mean it's hysterical now to like listen to it also uh-huh. before i have something to say about before my recital too because i just watched the live stream back but um for gabriel's like do you ever like when you're nervous and it's like the moment before you gone and like all of a sudden you have to pee. That is me. Yeah. That is what happened. And you can hear me say like, oh my God, I have, I have to, to pee. pee. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I was so quiet and those mics are just, they're just incredible mm-hmm. apparently because I was behind a wall when I said that, but also yeah. my voice like can cut through glass. So I guess. It uh, through like I heard Gabriel explaining because back a page turned. Yeah. And I heard Gabriel telling her like, "Oh you, no, you just click, you click." <laughs> yeah, I was. That's like, how I knew it was good. Oh, <laughs> you know, I was making sure that I knew when to turn because of course. You know, that's a thing for different pianists once oh, yeah. to yeah. turn pages like in, at different points. I think for us too, right? Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Just I feel it- like also some people like definitely read like read ahead. Mm-hmm. more so than other people yeah that's also, very true also depending on the pacing of the piece right mm-hmm. if really fast piece you wanna like read a couple bars ahead yeah oh, there's a lot of factors that go into it well since you mentioned gabriel's uh recital victoria i was wondering how was that experience for you well you already mentioned a little bit but what do you take oh. from the experience of having two recitals one after the other what is something that you learn from it? It was definitely a unique experience. I we I think Gabriel and I both learned a lot, I think, from having his collab recital first. And we both realized after the fact that we had never rehearsed our any of the music. Well, listen, yeah, any of the music at like just low energy you know 50% energy playing where it's just very calm we had always rehearsed at 100% trying or like 100% energy like we're we're rehearsing performing every single time and when we both got extremely nervous we didn't have a feeling in our minds or that we can remember or that you know what I mean to fall back on and to just like okay this is how this feels when you're just playing it calmly mm-hmm. we had never done that and so before mm-hmm. in between his recital and my recital we pretty much only played 
things very calmly, like 50%. And then the run through on the day of my recital, we did it at 2 p.m. Like in the afternoon, we just ran through everything was at like 75%. So that just in case, like we knew what it felt like to do 100%, but just in case, like if we had a moment where it was like, okay, we're panicking or things aren't working out, or we just need to like kind of fall back into something, into a comfortable like feeling, we would have that to know what it feels like together. So going forward, I am doing that every single freaking time of just playing through everything once at 50%, 75% energy or trying, you know what I mean? Um, Amazing. Really made a difference because it, because then at my recital, we were so comfortable. Like it just felt like, you know what? We're going to have fun we can right. play this music like it wasn't like a matter of oh we don't know how like you know we're having troubles in these spots or whatever um yeah I never... I, it was much more comfortable at my recital than at his mm-hmm. that's amazing i don't think i ever thought about this before of like using or calculating the amount of energy that's so yeah. nice and i i habeka i really recommend you do it either yeah. with any of it with i feel like I don't know if it's possible to do it with your Ravel, but maybe with Bach. Like, just play the Chaconne, just like, oh, life is good. <laughs> because it really, like, because then if, you, if you're if you panicking or if you're, like, trying really hard to, like, control everything, it's easier to just kind of fall back rather than, mm-hmm. than to, like, try and micromanage yourself and another person. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Yeah. Totally understand. I'll yeah. definitely try thank you for the advice i do have something that i do whenever i am panicking i know because i can't hold my bow anymore it just that's what i do falls from my hand (laughs) or i feel that it's falling like you look at it and it's completely fine but my feeling is that it's slipping from my hands terrible also something else also something else that i did at my recital that i didn't do at gabriel's also because i didn't know I the the stage lights were so hot that where my neck was touching my violin was sweaty and it I've I've never experienced neck sweat really ever with my violin like of course makeup will get on it that's like different Mm -hmm. though but like my neck was like only where my violin was and I think also maybe it had to do with like my mask it being super warm i'm breathing like warm air i'm breathing a lot more because your ear your pulse is up you know and so i brought my microfiber cloth onto stage because i the entire time at gabriel's recital i could not relax because i didn't want to take my violin off my off my shoulder because Mm -hmm. i just felt so uncomfortable with like my necklace wetting my hands were also super clammy and so I brought that onto stage with me and just left it on the piano. And then anytime I needed it, I just wiped it off. Like everyone does that. Like I was like self-conscious about it at first, but then the, basically by the time, like I was playing the second movement of my first sonata, I was just like, I don't care. I'm going to wipe this off. It yeah. was amazing. I took support <laughs> because like I said, we, we need to, to dry our hands when it's yeah. too wet and it's not something that you can't control how much right. water you're going to have yeah. in your hands. So and even Gabriel Gabriel used it too and like it was it was a communal <laughs> sweat <laughs> towel <laughs> it's yeah still in my my violin case 
still sitting hey, there. We're gonna just recommend our listeners to have different um yeah. <laughs> clothes for your pianist. Probably. Definitely during COVID time, but I mean, whatever. <laughs> yeah, we're all back. Wait, did you get your second vaccine today? Me? Yeah, wait, no, when my, is that? my second one is on Monday. So I will be pass passing. Oh away. Jesus. Why do I feel like yesterday was the weekend? It wasn't. I know it wasn't. It was yesterday Saturday. did feel like yes. Sunday. It it felt like Saturday to me because I was like, wait, I have school tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway. Well, it was a wellness day for our listeners, so yeah. we had a day off school. And that's I why we could not have planned it better, you guys. I really couldn't have planned it better. The day after my recital, <laughs> I get a day off. Oh, it was glorious. I didn't even know. That wasn't that wasn't on purpose. No, I forgot. I didn't think about anything past, like, April 11th-ish. Yeah. It's so, like, what, what's my life doing? I don't know. Yeah. I have nothing planned. No, me either. Wait, I have one more thing about the live stream thing that I wanted to talk about. Because the, um, I don't know his name, unfortunately. But the tech guy who was, like, doing my live stream at Recital, he was so kind and really, really nice. And we exchanged phone numbers. And he's like, okay, like, just let me know when you're ready. And then I'll put on the live stream. And then mm -hmm. that way it's not, like, a confusion. Like, I'm starting at 7.03. Like, no. He's like, just let me know when you're ready. I was like, great. That's wonderful. Um, but he had told me that he, like, so, like, they start the live stream before you go right and then mm -hmm. they'll like take off the like the screen cover screen yeah. thing when it's like your time to go on and you can hear me in the beginning say oh you're gonna let me know when you start the live stream right and he's like yeah <laughs> Which clearly he had started it <laughs> but it's totally fine but ricky said um that he could or was it ricky Someone told me, I think I'm sure it was Ricky, that uh, you can hear me say, can someone tell me how to keep my hands not, or tell me to keep my hands not sweaty or something like that. <laughs> like you hear me say it point blank, like, so can funny. someone tell me how to like keep my hands not sweaty? Like, I was just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so, if anyone got there early, you heard me say that. And then also heard me say, so you're going to tell me when it starts, right? <laughs> That's so funny. We yeah, should definitely I, ask them to keep the mics off before in different countries. Honestly, I, it would be so much easier. Because then also during my intermission, you can like hear us walking around and like snap, which is fine. Like whatever. You can probably hear me like I was having a full conversation with Gabriel because I just sat down back there like, okay, this is awkward. Like, can I go talk to my friend? Like, because I y'all were just out there. Yeah, like, we were just chilling. Yeah, and it's like, but it's so uncomfy, like, because at least in my undergrad, like, there was a room where you went and sat during it. Oh my gosh, yeah, there was a whole backstage in the yeah. hall. But here, and a green just, room, like, like a dressing room. Yeah, but here you just like uh, go behind the wood panel. <laughs> yeah, there's like, there's no like, I don't know. It's very intimate. <laughs> Everything oh, is do like, yeah. I don't know why we don't have access to that room behind the stage. It's really weird. I think yeah. that, is that room like where the stands are? Mm -hmm. Is that other than there is an, another hallway? One. Oh, yeah, there's a hallway. With a we should be able to go back there. Wait, where is that? I want to go. Where do yeah. you this room? I've never been there though. It's, it's like a secret, secret place. Room. Yeah. Why won't they let us use it? That's mean. I know, right? 
I only know because Nadine would ask Raphael to open that door like before she had to play. Because she was ditching and then she would run to the recital and just oh my gosh. play her oh, piece like and the then back like the double door thing. Mm-hmm. I see. Must be. Raphael, come open it for all of us. Oh my God. <laughs> That's so funny. Well yeah. That's that's on that, I guess. Just chilling in Cedar Rapids. Just kidding. Yeah. Next episode, Becca. Woo! Oh my gosh. No, it's not next episode. Hi, It'll be the next one after that. Wait, what? It'll be two episodes from now when we can talk to Rebecca about Oh, yeah. Recital. Yeah. But she's the next recital. Yes. She is the last one. Not the last one. Gabriel's the 20th. Yeah. But... Am I It'll... the last one from the graduate students? No. I think... Oh, oh no, no, for Gabriel. Gabriel is the 29th, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Oh, he's been having to play in so many people's recitals. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad he, like... I could never. I couldn't. I couldn't. No. Either. I'm so glad he's get, like, taking some time, though. We get a Moskowski take two. Yeah. Really yes. So wonderful. I got, like, so many people being like, oh, my gosh, I've never heard of that piece, but I loved it. Mm -hmm. I've never heard it either until you guys played it. I only heard it Me neither. one <laughs> time. The only way I knew that it existed is because I went to a friend of mine. I was like a sophomore in undergrad. And he played it with his girlfriend on his team. And they're married and have a kid now. So like, yeah. hello, Rebecca. That's wild. <laughs> 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 we're waiting for. They all get the adoption just... papers. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Rebecca, <laughs> what is the Portuguese word of the day? The Portuguese word of the day is amizade. Amizade. I said it in a really weird uh, way. I'm so sorry. Let me say it like we say usually. Okay. Amizade. Amizade. Yes. Amazing. Mm, okay, you like this game. Let's guess what it means. Friendship. Yes! Aww. You know how I figured that out? Because I took French. And, like, a me is friend in, oh, in French. That's... And the first three mm. letters were A-M-I. Which is I think amicus is friend in Latin. Oh, yeah. Also amigas. Because, like, a me... Oh. Hold on, I gotta... Amigas <laughs> is, like friends in Portuguese. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel okay. Wow. All we're all everything connected. Are connected. They're all connected. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Alrighty. So tuning? Yeah. How how is everyone's tuning this week? Well, my intonation has sucked, so <laughs> no, like, no, like my intonation in viola, like it's not that great, you know what I mean? <laughs> not my best. I didn't think it was bad. Oh, okay. <laughs> you literally played Bach Escortatora. I mean, like, hello. I was <laughs> on the audience, and I was like, I turned to Chris, and I was like, We both did. We were like, oh, really? Doing? <laughs> and, and he's oh. like, it's it's like that. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, he's like, it's oh. in fourths. It's in fourths. <laughs> and we were like, oh, okay. Uh... <laughs> I didn't know about this. <laughs> Yeah, we were laughing funny. about it. It was cute. Aww. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like my 
my intonation well i feel like a lot of my little mistakes were intonation mistakes so that's why i feel less comfy about it but mm. anyway that's just viola intonation personal intonation is great well because i got to meet chris's parents and they're super sweet people oh, um it was fun and it then is. i yeah and then <laughs> i hung out with Chris a bunch. I hung out with you guys a bunch. I saw I, your idols. Literally, Aaron, I literally have seen you so much this past week. It's yeah, been it's been really nice, actually. It feels like... And then we went to the hangar yesterday, so it was a little, yeah. like... We left when it got crowded, but before it got crowded, it was super nice. I mean, it was nice even when it was crowded, but... Yeah. It was just fun to get out and, like... Because we're all at least, like, 50% vaccinated now, so there's a little yes. bit of safety... Um, but it was just a good week. Yeah. I'll give it a, honestly, like, I don't have any complaints. I'll give it a 9 out of 10 just because, like, a 10 out of 10, you know, that's, like, a special day, you know? Yeah. Well, great. for me, um, okay. I feel the same with you about my violin intonation. I feel like the mistakes that I made in my recital were intonation related because I don't, I don't remember like missing any notes. They were just somewhere I had little, you know, every you know, I don't have to explain. My my mistakes were intonation, which is no surprise. That's totally plan that was completely planned for. Um my personal intonation, yeah, I feel great because my recital is done. Um <laughs> so um and I get my second dose on Monday. Um which is also yeah. very exciting. So I said last week that I would give this week a 10 out of 10 and I'm sticking true to it. I feel great that my recital is done. This is my first 10 out of 10 on the podcast. Mark Aww. it down on your day. 10 out of 10. Anyway, that's me. That's it. <laughs> Woo. Amazing. Well, my intonation had a little bit of changes this week. I think for the first time, I was flat. <gasps> what? I'm shocked. I know that Sigan was a little bit flat <laughs> this week. Oh. I and, know. Wait, and Liz told you that? Told you she you told me with these words, you are flat. I, I never thought I'd see the day that Habeka, or I mean, I don't think, but Liz would tell someone that they were flat. I, I must have been really, really, really flat. <laughs> you were just in Baroque tuning. No or, like, was the piano tuned, like, down or something? Oh, we were in 150, and right now... That piano is so out of tune. It's, it is, and has, like, a broken string. String in for, it, yeah. For piano, didn't deserve this. It's oh. also old. It's, like, an old piano. I feel like it was, like, in a professor's, like office and then once they got new ones it moved down oh i see yeah because oh, it's a that. nice piano but it's just it's seen Old. better days and my intonation was a little bit anxious this week oh. so i'm gonna give a two. Oh, a two <laughs> it was not the best but well, there's always room to go up. Exactly. It's Gotta true. keep on the bright side, Hebeka. Yeah. Well, I'd like to amend. I'm going to give my week a 10 out of 10. Because it was actually really special. I feel like it's just, I feel lighter. My my stress feels lighter. That yeah. Is done. And I, I missed it. 
Aaron, we really need to be proud of ourselves because none of us, no one should be doing full recitals right now. It's just literally insane. Thanks, Victoria. Yeah. You no, too. We, we literally should be so proud. I'm so I'm proud so of you. I'm so proud of you. Oh my god, stop. And I'm so proud of Hebeka in advance. Yeah, yeah. I'm already going to be like amazed. So I'm like being prepared to have my mouth open behind my mask the entire time during her <laughs> recital. Behind the mask. I Literally. I'm going to be sitting there like, oh, but you just won't be able to see it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but anyway, well, I guess this brings us to the end of number 28 i'm not sure okay 28 28 okay i was thinking we're gonna get to 30 real soon that's true that is gonna be our last week of classes here holy that's holy heck. isn't that crazy like so our 30th episode will be may 1st which mm. that's like the the end of the last week of classes for us wow isn't that like poetic anyway We'll talk about that when we get to it. <laughs> True. But anyway, well, as always, you can find us on Instagram at Out of Tune Pod, on Facebook at Out of Tune Podcast. Um, our episodes go up every Saturday morning at 7 a.m. or uh, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, wherever you can find a podcast, basically, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, Overcast, etc. Um, thanks for listening. And this has been. Out of tune. Tune. On, on Zoom. Zoom. We're still on Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.